Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Horrors Heretics. I'm William. I'm Neil. And today we are discussing uh, the first part of a book called Nemesis. Um, is it called Nemesis? Yes, it is called Nemesis. It's probably got uh, some sort of subtitle as well. Probably, yeah. Um, like every chapter. De- Death from the Shadows, that's my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's by it's by the unfortunately named James Swallow. Um, what else did he do? He did The Flight of the Eisenstein, I think. I don't know if he's done any others that we've read. We quite liked that one, didn't we? I think we liked it well enough. Um, let's get down to this story then. So this is pretty different. Um, and it's reminded me a bit of um, that one we read that we said was kind of like a spy... Uh, novel, not that it was like the same as that, but that it was like this. It was like trying out another form of genre fiction in the Warhammer totally. world, so, and, so, so, I, and and so much so. Like I think I think it's doing it twice because this is barely a novel. This is two <laughs> stories that do not touch each other, uh, at least in the first half of the book. Presumably, it will in the second. Yeah. But as a novel, it does not work at all. Which I'm, no. I guess, I'm giving my hand away but as two sort of outlines for action movies it works absolutely perfectly and uh so the way i looked at it is there's like a a, a kind of noiry buddy cop procedural yeah. which yeah, i yeah. i loved that 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 bit of the story and then another kind of uh action movie where a marine is putting together a crack squad from you know yeah. from different uh, constituent parts in order to like create the what's that um lee marvin film is it the dirty dozen no yeah um, you, yeah well you know where they, they get like a criminal and a soldier and a safe yeah. cracker and all that kind of thing yeah. it's it's that and again loved it loved it so much that i've done some um casting some hollywood casting uh (laughs) for a lot of the parts that i'll bring up as we go through it i'd be interested to hear whether you um whether you agree with my casting on that okay good um yeah i uh yeah no exactly i can't um that's exactly what i thought about these these two parts of this book in terms of what they reminded me of um so to get into the stories a little bit uh i guess i think it starts i think the first one it chops back and forth an awful um, it's 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 bad. Just I think even just split these out, make them two different books. <laughs> you yeah, know, concentrate yeah. on one. But yeah, and, and at the start, the first the first bit is set with the sons of Horus, who never show up again. <laughs> well, I'm hoping they do in the second part. Yeah, they, they, um, I'm sure they do, and I'm sure a lot of this, a lot of the stuff, sort of explains itself in the second half. Just in the first half, they don't. But because like. I've got to say, to my surprise, this first half of this book left me pining for some Space Marine armies. Um, no, I, I, the absolute opposite for me. I was like, thank God there's no fucking Space Marine armies in this. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's uh, elaborate on why we ended up at those points. Um, so, we'll we start with the police procedural storyline. Well, I, th- I think the, the, the first bit, and I think we can get it out the way and uh, get over it, because th- it isn't mentioned again. Set on Gaiji's Prime, um, there the War Master is on this like blasted, destroyed nuclear holocaust of a planet. Um, they've made landfall there with some Sons of Horus and with Erebus, 
and with a bunch of chapter serfs who are like normal humans. And it said that they are already dead because of the nuclear fallout in the air. They're, they're already dying as they go about their business. One of them is on a mission and uh, his name is Tobold. And he's been a serf undercover on the Vengeful Spirit for a long time. And uh, he's an assassin. Uh, and he is a, like a master poison crafter. Um, and he th- he thinks he's crafted uh, a poison that will somehow take down uh, a demon Primarch. Um, uh, but, you know, as as is the way of these things, they already knew. There was never any danger. Uh, and they get him, inject him with his own poison. And Luke Sedere, who we've met before, is like a complete psychopath and just like watches as this assassin dies. Um, and Erebus says something like, um, the tricks of the emperor can be used against him. I think implying that they have their own sort of plans um, to use uh, yeah. assassins or something in the future. Um, but but then it cuts away to this planet, Iesta Veracrux, um, which is the start of the, the sort of police pr- procedural. And um, I think we can start there. And do you want to just take that story through from start to finish? Because yeah. there's no need to cut a bite. No, no, uh, no, like the book does, because they, they never touch each other. So, um, yeah, well, we just take that one and, and take it through. Yes, um, I, sh- I should point out as well. Like, even those are the two main storylines, but the book doesn't just cut. It's not like you, the cutting about is not just a clear cut between two things. There's all sorts of different perspectives um, that are cut to, and new ones introduced a lot, uh, and it's a little bit confusing. But essentially, it's those two storylines, um, and. Uh, yeah, so we have here Yosef uh, uh, is kind of the main character. He is essentially a detective, and he has a partner called Daig, and they're kind of the the two main characters. Um, and they basically they this storyline follows them investigating a case of some sort of serial uh, killer who appears to be carrying out ritualistic murders. So um, they, the first body they find, um, I can't remember who this person was, but they were like displayed, their insides were kind of folded out and positioned along with their arms to create the kind of eight-pointed star thing of the, the you know, the chaos symbol. Well, like, yeah, uh, this guy was called Jared Norte. And yeah, he, he's like, he's crucified on the ceiling. Like he's nailed to the ceiling. And then, like his skin over his chest is like cut into triangles, and then it pulled away and also nailed up, so it forms like a star, and all the blood and gore is just like fallen to the ground. Um, like really well written, horrifying scene. Yeah, yeah, it was quite. It was vivid. You could imagine it. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely awful. Um, but like absolutely full to the brim of um you know cop arrives on the crime scene kind of kind of stuff like you've seen a million times as he's stepping through the gore the younger kind of uniformed cop is like just about holding on to his lunch um and yeah um 
really, <laughs> it's re- really great. Um, and the yeah, the, they play the part of you know the main um, kind of hero cop duo, where Yosef yeah. is uh, hardworking, very uh, very talented, uh, just wants to get the job done. Uh, even with all of you know, even with the mayor breathing down his neck, or his, you know his, his <laughs> captain, you the know commissioner, give, yeah. yeah, giving him shit, and all, they don't get paid for the overtime they put in, and he's got the <laughs> wife and the kids back home. Um, Dag is like uh, slightly more hard bitten, cynical, world weary, yeah, yeah, like, world weary. Um, uh, their positions are they're they're called Reeves in uh, the Centine, which is like a local planetary police force. Um, yeah, really. Um, and the, the their local police department is in the cathedral of the old religion that was part of the planet, <laughs> which is terrific. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I I think this would be like. I actually think this storyline would be really good for. Um, for filming like really good for a, a film or tv show because oh, you could... i was thinking nothing but like give me a series you know where you know a, um, a crime of the week is being investigated by these two people yeah. uh, i would love i would love that i would still love that because it would be a way of like doing something about the 40k well you know 30k whatever universe that is like relatively low budget you know like you wouldn't need to have the massive battle scenes and stuff but you could you know um it would be achievable in a relatively small budget yeah um i, I want to read um a, a quote about <laughs> about their um uh, appearances and this is where i'll um i'll start my casting um <laughs> daig was a study in contrast to his cohort that's yusuf where Yusuf sabrat was of slightly above average height narrow-shouldered clean-shaven and sandy-haired Sagan was stocky and not without giles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that as well. Not without giles. It's a bit, it's a, like a wondrous line of, like. <laughs> so, from from that line, um, I have cast them. So it's a buddy, it's buddy cops. So, um, uh, Yosef, who's slightly above average height, narrow-shouldered, clean-shaven, and sandy-haired, clearly. He's Robert Redford in All the President's Men. So that's that's him. Sagan was stocky and not without Giles. He is um, Walter Matai in The Taking of Pelham 123. I don't think anybody could um, c- can argue with them, I'm to be honest. Gonna, the, the, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> so there have been other killings um, that they have sort of heard about and heard investigations of. Uh, the, and this is just one of them, and they all have the the similar hallmark, but it's clear that the this serial killer is sort of maturing, uh, and that should make everybody aware of the kind of like story this is telling. Um, they they can tell that um, the the one thing common to all the killings is like a knife. Uh, a type of knife that's used on this agri world in the harvesting of um, uh, vineyards. Yeah, in the harvesting of grapes because it's like a vineyard planet that just seems to just make wine, which sounds great. Um, <laughs> introducing some more characters, we meet uh, Reeve Warden Bert Slimner. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I never. 
I never really read that name outside yeah. aloud yeah. to myself. Me neither. I, didn't, I, I didn't expect to laugh at that because I'd never, I'd, I'd never read that name out loud. I, that's a that's an undercover classic of a name. That one. That, that's <laughs> yeah. snuck in. Bert's yeah. in there. Yeah, sorry. It's not like a grogor, you know. It no, smash no. her in the face, but it just sort of. Like with, with like Ignatius Grilgore, you're like, I better make sure to make a note of that name so that I don't forget to say it. <laughs> I never thought that. I think we could we could have got through this without saying easily. Bart yeah. Slim there, but that would have been a, a an oversight. <laughs> he is their boss. He's sarcastic. I think he's good hearted though, but he has to walk the line between, you know, the good honest police work that the buddy cops are doing and his boss who is, you know, all about numbers and closing cases and stuff. So, you know, he, he seems to be on their asses a lot, but I think underneath it all, he just wants to do good police work. Yeah, I think this is probably a juncture at which we should talk a little bit about the jurisdictional situation on uh, Iesta Veracruz, which is kind of quite complex. So you've got those guys who are like the, the sentient, who are like the, the, the native police force, if you like, they're the police force that's only based on that yeah and, and they, I, th- I think their jurisdiction extends only to that planet yeah and then you have the arbites um who are um like they're a centralized imperial force who have like a base on that planet but they seemingly they don't really concern themselves with local policing yeah very much i think i think a sort of way to look at them would be um, that the Reeves are the local police department, whereas uh, the Arbites are a, a federal, you know, the FBI or something like that. Yeah. You know, they just swoop in whenever they want and take over an investigation. Um, yeah. I, we've we've met some of them before, some arbiters before uh, in these books, I think. Um, um. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're um, representatives of the Imperium, whereas yeah. uh, the Reeves are representatives of the planet. And there's the other sort of slight complication to that, which becomes a big part of the story, is that there's a very powerful um, rogue trader in this area, uh, whose name I've temporarily forgotten. Eur- um, Eurotas. Eurotas, yeah. Um, and Later to be seen being played by Ray, Ray Winston. <laughs> didn't expect that one but yeah no that's right. a that, yeah that's that's um i think i think that's an unusual casting i think it works yeah. though interesting yeah yeah um more to come on that so so yeah he, this is like uh, a rogue trader so like um i've heard of the term rogue trader in this in this war before but i didn't really know that it's kind of it's not actually a, a, a rogue trade. Like, it's, it's not actually someone who's sort of given a, a, an imperial license to yeah. trade in a way that would normally be considered rogue. So it's a slightly misleading name, I think. That's how it seems to be implied here, anyway. And like, so this is someone who has. Like, I, th- I think. Yeah, I, I think it implies. I think it implies like he's he's in private business, whereas yeah. um, the kind of business that he's in would normally be performed by some arm of the Imperium. And it's, it's sanctioned, yeah, he's sanctioned by the Emperor Thorn, and, and it talks Absolutely. about letters of mark, so it's almost like kind of, you know, as if it's like privateers, but it's not really about that, it's more just about trade, I think. Um, but he's very powerful in this region of the, you know, uh, galaxy, and um, he, uh, 
like the there's like well we'll come to bits about this in a minute but his his like followers and his staff sort of are in some respects above the law you know they can um because because they have this connection to the emperor like he's he's seemingly from an old family of traders that like have been serving the emperor since like way back in the day and uh they have like a statue commemorating when the um, emperor sort of gave them the first license to trade or whatever so Mm -hmm. um so yeah they kind of uh so that's the situation and like just while we're talking about that that's that's actually what i liked what i liked about this story uh, like this story within this book i mean more than uh, anything was just some of the little details about ordinary life during this time you know and like it's like i was amazing how like unusual and refreshing yeah. it was for this guy Yusuf to like have a scene with him like going back to his normal house I, got, I, like, I, I absolutely loved it and like he, he sat down and just kind of rubbed his head because he had a headache and his wife came over to him and it was just like long day at work and he was like oh you've no idea and I'm like, I've seen this film a million times I love this and it's, it's like kid comes down the stairs and it's like it was a refreshingly normal scene. Like, yeah. And, yeah. And that whole, like, that's kind of what this storyline in the book did for me, that it just grounded the whole the whole overarching narrative a little bit by actually just painting a story that uh, about the, the people. And it, and it points out this is not a significant planet, this, really, you know? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I quite liked that. And, uh, I mean, admittedly, <laughs> moments later in that scene, he's out breaking up a fight involving some cultists you know but um but but that you know that could that could easily just have been um uh you know a bunch of bullies picking on um an immigrant or something like that you know yeah. and him going out and just breaking it up and just yeah. saying like that you know there there are laws here i i just got like 1970s cop show um, or like Quincy or something like that from from a lot of it. Um, I think I want to I want to because I've got some characters. Bert's lame there. I want to go back to him. He's played by and I don't. I'm not sure you'll get this one. Will he's played by Yafit Kodo? Oh yeah, he's uh, the from Alien. The from Alien and from Alien. Homicide: Life on the Street and stuff. Um, he he can be hard and tough, but he can you know he can also laugh and he's good. But his boss. The High Reeve is um, Kata Telemac or Telemic, um, yeah. named after Telemachus, but uh, Telemic uh, is too hard to say. So I'm going to say Telemac. Um, and she is like the voice of City Hall. You know, she's, she's sent from the mayor. She's that guy in uh, Ghostbusters sent by the mayor. Um, <laughs> And she's like, it says she's a woman that had a sharp face and hard eyes. She's played by Sandra Bullock from The Demolition Man. Interesting uh, way of defining who Sandra Bullock is. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, it, it can only be the Sandra Bullock from The Demolition Man. So right, she's okay. got that, like, kind of sharp suit. Um, like, she's hot, but um, she's, like, very buttoned down and stuff. She's less sort of... Uh, kind of charming i guess than the person in demolition man but she's just hard-eyed and sharp-faced and so that's who that's who she is um and she is like she's like uh starts trying to direct um the 
investigation in certain ways because uh, she's got her eyes set on the the, the rank of Landgrave, uh, which is the head of all the sentient forces on the planet. Um, and she is also having an affair with the current Landgrave incumbent. And um, he has plans to rise up to imperial governorship. So it's like they have like this sort of power couple uh, uh, type affair where they're just in it for you know promotions and stuff so she just wants to get this high profile case sorted out because that will you know um uh get her sort of kudos in the eyes of those with uh, power on the planet she doesn't actually care about who did it or anything like that she just wants it sorted out and gone and she's like trying to implicate this um local group called the Theoge, um, which we're not quite sure, but has like some possibly relig religious tones or possibly seditious uh, horse worshipping. Not quite sure which, but like um, on this secular planet, anything with that, that seems like the kind of worship uh, that's involved uh, in uh, the Lecticio or in Horus uh, heresy uh, is frowned upon and she's like just well, maybe you want to investigate uh, those those creeps over there in the uh, on the wrong side of town and yeah. they're like no there's no, no reason to no reason to think they're part of it and I'm like well I think there might be and I think the mayor would really enjoy it if you um, started like directing things over there I, I loved this part of it because there was just like so many different uh, like power structures that these two normal beat cops had to sort of negotiate their way through in order yeah. to get justice. I was just like, I'm loving this bit. I mean, I, I basically, my mind is just going straight to kind of where they end up in this investigation, which is um, they kind of have a suspect who's part of, yeah, Eurotas's um, sort of, he, he'd worked, he's from off planet. They figure that out. Or they get they get a blood um sorry they get a, that's how it work happens they like get a, some blood work, whatever. Yeah, there's done. another killing, so they they can get some blood. And should we spoil it? Because it, well, yeah, we should because the book spoils it. <laughs> um, it's an eye monster. <laughs> it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, it's an eye monster. Thing. It's like an it's but it's literally just a single eye to begin with. Yeah. Remember? Like yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, I, it 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 kills this like semi important nobleman uh with like fingers and lots of pies and stuff. I I forgot about that scene, but yeah, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, to be fair, like we say spoiling it, but you know like if before you even read a word of this book if like you know, someone said to you, "There's some murdering in this book," and like some bookmakers opened a, a book on what was likely to be causing that, you know, um, an eye monster would probably be odds on. You no, know, you well, <laughs> I mean, if I was doing this, I I wanted to be, as you say, this book is like full of like human little bits. I want this to be a totally human based uh, story. I want it just to be a, a, an evil cultist. Yeah, no, um, that's fair enough. But I'm just saying, in the context of the Horus Heresy, um, if there's going to be some badness going on, 
the likelihood is a demon yeah. is at some point in the chain. Involved. But 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 don't show us. You know, <laughs> reveal it at the end. Ooh, eye monster. But now we know. Um, there was a, a good scene after that, after they discover that body, where Yosef uh, visits um, oh, the 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 valetudinarium <laughs> and speaks with uh, essentially the medical examiner. Um, about Latigue or Latigue. Uh, this, that's the person who's just killed the second murder. Um, and gets just a bit of information about that and uh, the, the blood sample and a little bit more about who Latigue is and, and, and um, that, you know, he is also part of Eurotas as well. Um, and so they, they decide to go to like the main on-planet Eurotas compound, essentially, and um, have a sort of, uh, isn't there like, there's like, you know, a, an overly friendly, overly officious kind of automaton, like she's a, she's alive, but she's that kind of like um, almost too perfect for words. Um, and they're like sort of saying like, we're, we're the police, you need to do what, we say and she's like well Eurotas will of course uh, provide you with any assistance we can give you um, that you know won't affect uh, our bottom line or won't affect any contracts that we have with anyone and they're like no you've got to do what we say and um, this uh, gorgeous person played by Anne Hathaway <laughs> is like um, we can uh, of course we will help you uh, to the very best that we can do except we're a little bit busy now can you come back later and they're like no no you gotta <laughs> you gotta do what we say and in the end she um she runs the blood sample that they have and finds that it is this person who used to be part of the Eurotas uh what are the, the greater employee of that you know just some guy but he was involved in some violent altercation and was let go uh, into the um, into the custody of this like local religious group, which can uh, you know said could turn people around. Yeah. Uh, this this group being the Theoge. Yeah, and I, I, I should say to get this information, I can't remember exactly what they said, but um, Yosef and Dave have like told a story that sort of puts them out on a limb. Basically, like if they don't, they know they can win over their superiors if they get something good out of this, but they're like, if we don't, we're probably going to get fired. I think, I mean, we all know, this is Robert Redford we're talking about here. We all know that he's willing to bend, bend some rules, you know, in order to, to get the job done. And um, Walter Matai isn't going to stop him. So, yeah, they get that lead. Well, uh, Daig um, oh, yeah. has a little scene on his own, little underhanded yeah. scene. He seems to go... Uh, th this guy's called Erno Sill, and they're after him. Um, he seems to know a little bit about the Theoge. When, like, when uh, they're mentioned, he sort of goes like pale a little bit, and you're like, okay, he's part of them. He knows a bit about that. So he goes to this meeting, which is, I, I can't remember how it's written, but in my head, it's like in a little back room above a pub. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah, can't be right. Yeah. That kind of, it's it, like, it's sort of. It seemed to say when I read it, I, I got the impression this was a kind of drop in, drop out sort of scenario, or it didn't seem like the best for a secret. No, cult. it seemed like, um, 
But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, basically, the bottom line is it turns out they are Lactatio Divinitatis fans. So mm. it turns out, at least as far as we can tell, that they're not chaos people, they're emperor worshippers. So um, Daig, who was there on his own, because um, he, he doesn't want Yosef to know that he's part of this religious group. He goes back to Yosef and says, um, hey, can uh, I've had a hot tip from a you know super secret source. Can't tell you anything about it. Um, but I, I think I know where Erno Sill will be. If we go in quiet, just you and me, then um, I think we'll be able to bring him in. I think we'll be able to talk him in. And... So they go, uh, they talk to Sil, and he is clearly not what you think of as uh, a mad, crazy, chaos killer. Um, And he is willing to come in until, uh, and again, I'm sure this is my mind sort of overriding what's actually in the book. I've got like SWAT team zipped down on like lines from helicopters and just start pointing guns at him. And he's like, I was going to come with you. I was going to come with you. Um. Uh, and somehow in the affray he gets away <laughs> and um there's really great scenes bet- uh, between Yosef and um his boss as he goes i had him i had him and you had to fuck it up you had to come stomping in with your big like hobnail boots and fuck it up and he's he, the the boss was like do you think we would really trust you on the, this size of case without knowing exactly where you go which Dag is ob- obviously a little bit sort of shocked by because he's just been <laughs> at a religious meeting above a pub um and uh yeah they're like they're just like you know having just a big screaming match and it's all very fun because we've all seen this scene before um but then two people walk in uh one who in my mind is like in a really sharp suit is like the ivy league lawyer you know the fixer <laughs> His name's Hissos, and he says, like, he's from the company. He's from Eurotas. And everyone just starts shitting it at that point because, you know, they're just, like, this local PD department. They're, like, you know, the local sheriff. And now uh, the district attorney is coming into the office. Fuck me. Uh, so everyone just starts shitting it. And uh, he has this, <laughs> this bald woman called Perig on a chain, and she's clearly a psyker. So the, they're like, you know, we may just be some rural bumpkins here, but um, you can't have a psyker, not after the edict of Nikea. Everyone knows that. But um was just like, yo, we're so rich, we've got an indentured psyker on a chain. What up? And everyone's just like, fuck, that's cool. These guys are it, fucking cool. Yeah, it turns out you could just get a license to have a psyker. Absolutely, and they find no which, problems having one at all. Which made, which makes me, which makes me think, you know, like presumably in the last book, you know, the thousand sons just couldn't get through the paperwork. For like, <laughs> and that, and they're basically librarians. They love paperwork. <laughs> um, so, at that point, cuts to them, uh, the two cops up on the, sh- the Eurotas ship um, looking down on their planet and uh, it, it may be that like one of the first times that they've ever been off planet and they're sort of they, they're out of their depth um, this is when we meet uh, Eurotas um, 
and he is a filthy capitalist. Like he literally says that um, this kind of killing, this kind of um, uh, horse worshiping. That, that he says that there's another planet near nearby called Dagonet, which is having like uh, insurrections, pro horse insurrections. And he is deeply against all of this because it's bad for business, bad for stability. Um, he's making the you know the the normal capitalist argument of let's just keep let's just not rock the boat. Let's just I'm keep making money. People dying, but this is fucking up my bottom line. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, th- and this has been like all over the news as well that like, um, what's happened to this other system, which is like in sort of galactic terms nearby. And he sort of dedicates his um, the, the processes and the, the technology of his ship to help in the search for Erno Sill. Um, but he also gives it away that he, he may also be a, um, a religious man. Uh, he does say the emperor protects, but you're not quite sure, or at least I wasn't, whether um, he is a you know, a like tissue guy or in fact a secret Horus guy. Um, one way's for sure, he's not to be trusted. He's Ray Winston. You don't trust Ray Winston. He's got that salt of the earth type thing about him, but you know, he'll kill you. Uh, is that where that story ends pretty much? Pretty much, yeah. I think that's that's where we got to. Um, the, the the kind of processing of vast amounts of information searching for where Erno Sill might be, but uh, they don't they haven't found him by the, the end of the, the book that we're looking at. Okay, so we switch to the other storyline. Yeah. How does that um, start? So it starts off with a meeting of the leaders of the spy various spy factions, sorry, assassin factions in the Emperor's Palace. There were some cool little bits of description here. There's a very secret room um, <laughs> deep within the palace where they were all having a meeting and they some of them were wearing masks and stuff like that. Or maybe they're, they're, all, they're all wearing masks. Yeah. And there's like a sort of head uh, like a someone who, whose role is to oversee that and then like after the meeting, so they're all kind of sniping at each other. So they're referring to this attempt to kill Horus that was at the start of the book, and uh, so the, the the faction that had sent that guy are like, well, we got as close as any of us have ever got, and they're like, well, you still didn't manage it. So they're, they're having an argument about what they can do, basically. Ag- and, I, I, yeah, again, we've all seen this film where like representatives of their own group are just going, if you just sent us, we'd have been better. Yeah, yeah, and it's like this. Um, it's sort of made clear that this kind of bickering between them is is pretty normal. Um, and there's a there's a so yeah, there's someone who's sort of running this meeting, and after and there's there's a shadowy figure. <laughs> yeah, in a robe. I wouldn't be happy to sit in any meeting where there was an unidentified shadowy figure. <laughs> yeah, just just like just come. Oh yeah, you sent a. You sent one of the toxin assassins to get... I'm sorry, who's this guy? <laughs> and everyone's just like, yeah, actually, before we before we get our, like, barbed badinage in, who's the big fucker over there? <laughs> so, um, anyway, like, when the meeting's over, it turns out that uh, the person running the meeting was Malkador, 
He he is the secret head of the Officio Assassinorum. Here, played, and I think you'll like this, Will. This is good casting. Gene Wilder. (laughs) Yeah, Willy Wonka himself. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the shadowy figure is uh, Valder, is that his name? Yeah, uh, Yeah, Constantin Constantin Valder. Who's the, like... He's the head, is he, of the... Or he's, yep. he's high up within he's the... He's the head. Of the... What they're called again? The Custodes. Custodes, yeah. Uh, he's, um, he's played by The Rock here. It's <laughs> a cute. good film. Imagine Gene Wilder playing opposite The Rock. God, that's going to be a funny film. I mean, you just made... You've made The Custodes more entertaining than they are <laughs> in these books. Because, like... I, like, I just... I just think they're really like they're like space marines without a gimmick, which I just find really like. Yeah, Rugal Dorn is given a little bit of uh, business in this, and um, he is kind of the cipher in this for bringing up, uh, you know, uh, are extrajudicial killings good? Like that's basically <laughs> all he says in this, but like three or four different times. And but his reasoning. So <laughs> he always Sorry. says though, like, but you know. We're the imperial fists, so we can't do anything about it. And you're like, fuck off, mate. But his his reasoning for this is basically as follows. He's like, he has some vague notion that if they just killed Horus, that wouldn't deal with the uh, deal with the rebellion. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not happy for this to end in any other way than a fully destructive <laughs> war that, like, kills millions yeah. and destroys planets and really makes it clear that... Horus's armies have been defeated, basically. Because um, you're right. Because like in one in one sentence, he'll say like, "This uh, the killing of Horus will just lead to like a power vacuum that will be will be filled in some way by a wild card that we don't know and we can't expect." And so like you're thinking, is this like some um, commentary on like American foreign policy or something? <laughs> like at the most arm's length and at the most superficial. Um, but then he goes, um, you know, that, that, that will happen if, if the assassins do their underhanded work. What we need is the clarity that comes from a massive war. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 that, yeah. is, that is literally his argument. And he, so, so it, I mean, this storyline doesn't really progress too far in what we've read up to now. But he basically is trying to keep an eye on what the official assassinorum is up to um he doesn't like their filthy underhanded ways uh, there is an interesting like sort of discussion between him and valdor where valdor says um my my job is to protect the body of the emperor and dorn says my job is to protect the imperium those yeah. are different things and it's like that's a sort of an interesting thing that's literally as much as they talk about it um it would be interesting to explore that more because like the emperor like we don't know the emperor's name and like the emperor clearly has got no plans for handing over power of the imperium to something after him he is just the emperor and he is like he is described one in the same as the imperium so he will all he always plans to run the thing um Whereas Rugaldorn sees that like the Imperium is something bigger, and yeah. uh, that's a, 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 an interesting struggle for like the son of the Emperor to yeah 
to deal that with. particular issue hasn't really been brought up in that way and it did sort of you think there was potential for an interesting thing there we'll kind of set the scene for this other storyline and now i don't know how much detail you want to go into with all this because in my opinion i don't want to go into a lot of detail i did not enjoy the storyline very much um i enjoyed the start of it yeah so like it's it's a uh it's a ragtag team of <laughs> misfit assassins being put together um normally the assassins work like completely solo it is unheard of for these uh factions to work together for some reason it's thought of <laughs> slightly uh, as slightly immoral um to bring too many assassins together and this, um, it's yeah, it seems like a shit plan to me from the off, right? But they basically they they've like, well, any one of our factions has been able, unable to take yeah. out Horus, so let's send a representative of all of them. Well, yeah, let's let's skip past. Basically, um, they they put the the team together. The first the first one, the leader, is an elite sniper. They go and get like a, a machine man who's able to like process lots of uh, data. There is a, uh, a sexy uh, sex assassin who kisses people to death. I, 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 I still don't know what the fuck was going on in that whole scene with that. I do not. I, I, did, like, I literally was reading it. I was like, I don't know what that is. And like, part <laughs> of the difficulty with that is, right, well, let me know what you think about this, right? But we've, we've talked about this like, before a little bit. Like, there's, you know, there's some references to sex um, in these books. But I think there's some editorial rule where they're not allowed to directly swear or directly refer to sex, right? Mm-hmm. And they use this weird fucking language, like re- weird, like, roundabout um, descriptions, like, where they, they kept on using the word, the activities. Um, <laughs> did you notice this? It was re- I, really I, fucking weird. I um, didn't, but, like, uh, yeah, she's... Um, we won't spend too long on this, but the, the, the sexy sex assassin um, is, like, undercover in a brothel, essentially. And... Um, this brothel, brothel is written about in such a fucking uh, holier-than-thou tone. I think that's partly a result of the weird fucking language that they use to describe it, you know what I mean? Because they just won't say direct, they won't be direct about anything that... I honestly think there's like there's an editorial rule where it's like, you can't use directly sexual language, you can't use swear words. Because like, these books, I guess, they are aimed at like you know, adult readers, but they must be aware that loads of people that play the games workshop, you know, obviously a big part of their market is going to be like, yeah, like kids and teenagers. So like, they must have some rule across their fiction that like, even if you're making it all dark, you can't use this specific language. It just makes you think like, in, if that, that, they've got those editorial rules, it seems perhaps, but yeah. they're like, uh, you can have absolutely any amount of evisceration of internal organs and the more the better quite frankly um, uh, frank, frankly if if we don't have some really original and esoteric way to to spray the the blood everywhere you're not doing your job and you know you you won't get paid you know it's probably a contractual requirement that you have to in in some way preferably new and as yet unforeseen you have to have uh, a, a human or other a creature reduced to indeterminate matter um. <laughs> yeah so anyway uh, the, her her thing is that she is um uh uh what's the term that was used um a pariah the way they kind of describe it that i still don't understand is she kind of like the opposite of a psyker yeah which made me think is 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 she possessed of the same sort of powers as like a 
silence an- annul me in the silent sister. sister. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it um, sounds like that, I think, yeah. But, um, I, like, I read the scene involving her. I quite literally did not know what I was describing at times. Um, so let's move on to the next one. Uh, she wears a skull mask as well. Yeah, she's she's very slight. She's um, and she can like hide in all kinds of places. She's yeah. So um, who else do we have? In- uh, I'm not quite sure of the order, but they go and get the guarantee. Um, he is like a reasonably interesting character in that he is just like a sort of uh, like a time bomb. Um, that he sort of I think he's sent in with some like coding in his brain about who the the target is. And he's sent in like frozen and then he's thawed out and he is just all murder. Um, It says that he's like a cocktail of like murder drugs. He's only got like a very short memory span, which is like quite interesting. Um, But he's like a a super meathead killer. Um, And they bring him down. They bring him to heel by shooting him full of drug darts. But you know, wouldn't you know it, one won't do. So they hit him again, and hit him again, and hit him again. You, you, you've seen it. You've seen it millions of times. Um, they, so there's him. Uh, they go to find a poison specialist who is, turns out, is the sister of the sniper. Yeah, and like it starts off, as they're putting this team together, Th- that story that Will didn't like about um, the, you know, the sex woman um, was quite long. And yeah. as they put the team together, it gets shorter and shorter and more pointless and less well described. Um, yeah. There was also, oh, there was also a uh, um, shapeshifter who yeah. um, has, uh, again, reasonably interesting in that uh, because they spend all their time as something else they don't consider themselves to be male or female um or even like totally human because uh to to survive uh this person sort of turns herself into like an in- insect pupae thing turns it turns it yeah it's like and, and the word chitin is used and Kite, yeah exactly got to get your chitin in at least once um but again um in the story she is coded as female at least at this time and she gets what she wants again by sex and you're just like god can we just have like can we just have a woman who's not like you know a seductress (laughs) do you know what I mean like just a fucking killer these are all just like meant to be top of their class killers can we not just have all the women like yeah. talking in airy language and like poisoning people with their perfume before kissing them to death or something? It's just fucking yeah. lame. Yeah. Um, all of this uh, is shit. I, I did not enjoy the storyline. And also, it's like, yeah, so they all get their little fucking origin story bit. And I'm like, couldn't you just have started with the crew having been assembled and we just get a wee paragraph about their thing? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, um, I didn't need. It's just a needless half of well, a quarter of a book, pretty much. Because the normal, the normal route of this in action movies is you put the team together fairly quickly, and then they have a good old training montage where they all, you know, <laughs> get together and like work and and learn to blend their skills with each other. 
that would have been much better. Just have them all together, and then you get a little bit of background in the course of that scene yeah. about where they how where they came from, what they've been doing before. Um, but it's it's just tiresome to get and, through and, all this and shit. instead of casting that, I could have made a playlist for the uh, for the <laughs> montage. Uh, but anyway, they, they, at the time they all get together. They're on a ship around Earth, and they basically know, you know, this has never happened before. We're the best of the best, and we're all together. Clearly, we're going to be asked to kill Horus. They all know that already. Yeah. This is the bit that I was expecting a bit of sort of explanation about what was like. Why are they bringing all of this, these elite forces together? Surely it can't be, well, like we've had loads of individuals try. Let's just put six of them together. That'll work. <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. There is, yeah. no, there is no more, like, there's nothing more than that. They know that Horus will probably be entering the Dagonet system. That's the same yeah. system that Iera Veracrux is in. Um in order to you know, like show his flag and to like get supporters and destroy a planet or two or whatever, you need to be there when he arrives. You need to embed yourself on the planet and find a way to kill Horus. And I was like, yeah. that that can't be it. That there must be there must be more business happen. There must be something like going on under the surface here. No, it's just uh, one wouldn't do, so we're sending more. So oh, yeah. and, it, and the explanation given for why. If they have intelligence that Horus is likely to be popping up in this system, the explanation for why they're not sending a massive army of space marines is they're like, well, we think he is. But we're not 100% sure, so we're just going to send six assassins um, and sort of cover our bases. Um, so, yeah, uh, and like um, Valdor tells them, because um, he's sort of running this up, he's, he like tells them... Um, the Astartes have their own wars to fight. And you're like, that that's their job. This is their job. <laughs> this is literally their main war to fight. L- like. Literally the only thing they're doing. <laughs> that, oh, what you need to be is concentrating on our boy Yosef and like the, <laughs> yeah. the cop story. Yeah, get, get I, all I, these like superhumans and like ultra talented people. Give me, give me Robert Redford and all yeah. the presidents, man. <laughs> That was like that was definitely like, that's basically to summarize what we've read in the book so far. I thought like yeah, enjoyed the the police procedural storyline a lot. Enjoy I loved it. The sort of like it was like a, just a shite superhero film, you know, like a, of a yeah um, a, a, a band of superheroes with all different powers, and it was just annoying. and I, I I'm like I'm it. just really sort of nervous about that story and how it's going to end because if it's going to end. I can see two ways that would really, really disappoint me. One would be that they get very close to Horus only for Erebus and Luke Sidere to do exactly what they did at the start of the book and know all about it and just kill them. You know, bish, bash, bosh, it's over. I'm like, did I read this book for that? Um, <laughs> and like, this may not happen. This is like, I have not read beyond this. So I guess this is speculation. Um, the other one would be there was that sort of um, uh, nod and a wink that Erebus made about having similar plans Yeah. and if one of the um, assassins is actually 
a horse worshipper. Um, again, I'm like, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't care about reading that story, and I fear that I may have to read it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, kind of don't care about reading the story already. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm prepared. I, I to didn't have enjoy my it, mind but changed. No. By something interesting happening in the second half, but I, I do want to read. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with what's going on in the and because I think it's cool that this police procedural thing. Like I think it's it's cool the way we haven't really gone into this, but the way they describe like planets turn into Horus, like and um, so that there's sort of like the seeds of sedition are kind of sown, you know, among the local populace. And then they've talked. They talk about planets that just kind of go dark all of a sudden, you know, yeah. in terms of communications, and then, and so like this, uh, the rebellions happened on the planet near them. Uh, at one point, they're like, "Oh yeah, but the the ruling nobility will stamp down on that." And then someone's like, "No, they've actually been. It's them that's doing it. You know, they've turned." Yeah. Um, uh, and and there, it, there's a, uh, like a, a great bit that's. Um, you, they were talking about like the the weirdness of this killing. You know, like how it's like just a, a crazy serial murderer, and they're just like, but you, like, you've heard what happens on these planets that that turn to uh, Horus, like this kind of sh- this kind of shit happens and worse. But the loyal planets, um, once they have talk of this kind of sedition happening, they start performing similar things themselves, almost as punishments, and like the loss of uh, civil rights and freedoms. Um, come about on loyal planets in response to the fear of, you know, the talk of Horus worshipping and stuff. It's just great. It's just really good stuff. And I think, like you mentioned, that there are those, uh, that series of books, um, Necromunda. Necro... Necro something? Yeah, Yeah, Um, based on that game. which, Which sound to me like this. Normal, yeah. normal life in this unusual situation. They're basically kind of cyberpunk novels, yeah. Yeah. and I'm just sort of totally in the mood for that kind of thing right now. So yeah, so yeah, it was good to see something about how the impact of the heresy outside of the sort of normal space marine theater of war, basically. Um, and I thought it was pretty well done. So yeah, that's a setup for the rest of the book, which hopefully will be interesting. Totally, like the, the the lows of this were pretty low, but the highs were so high and so um, unusual that um, I'm totally on board for the next half. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Nice one. Okay, so we'll be back in two weeks' time with that. And yeah, um, in the meantime, yeah, you can get us at uh, horusheretics at gmail.com if you want to send us any um, messages. Uh, and yeah, uh, we'll 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 speak to you then. Bye. Bye.